0: drive and double feature presents 70s friends of frankenstein episode 21 a minute by minute podcast hosted by me dan well i say hosted by me it's only me sorry uh unless you unless you like that then you're in the right place this uh this podcast covers two 1973 frankenstein variations it's funny I, i started reading a um it's funny, I read a very um, entertaining book called, I think it's called Monster Mash. It's a big, glossy, beautiful book filled with all sorts of illustrations. And it's like the the, the golden age or the the you know the horror era in America. It was like 1957 to 1972. And the guy gave the reason for why he ended it in 1972. One of the reasons being you know, the films were getting gorier and more explicit and things like that. Um, but the real reason he gave was that that's when he went into high school. He went into high school in 1972 and kind of stopped following all this stuff. And it's funny to me because, like 1973, we, we get these two movies. And forgive me if I'm wrong. Frankenstein of the Monster from Hell, I believe, is 1973. I, I believe we get the last of the um, the last of the uh, uh, the Hammer Dracula films. We get there are so many monster-related things from this point to the end of the decade. Uh, and it's really actually the 80s when I, I would say maybe they, things sort of slow down just because of slashers. And the slashers kind of take over as as sort of the new monsters, but but throughout the '70s with um, uh, like like Marvel comics and magazines, like uh, the Tomb, Tomb of Dracula and uh, Monster Frankenstein, Werewolf by Night, Tales of the Zombie, um, the the all the other uh, the, that's um the, the Golem, uh, that that's Son of Satan guy, and all all the stuff, they had out. There's so much fun stuff. And a lot of those Marvel published those in in their Marvel the essentials. A lot of them are out of print, but if you can get them, they're lots of fun. There were so many monsters and Power Records and um, uh, the, the Monster, There's a monster Christmas album that like Power Records put out in a couple of years and all sorts of. I mean, I mean, 1979 is a great Dracula year. You know there are Dracula movies throughout. The boy, the boy that cried werewolf. The werewolf of Washington. She's with Defula. There's just, I mean, not, not, not even including, like, porn versions of, of Dracula and things. There were so many monster things. I have to say, and all those great, really sleazy comics, too. You know, the, um, they weren't Warren, were they? You know the ones, I mean, with, like, the really grotesque covers of, like, vampires ripping people apart and werewolves tearing up bodies and things like that. You know, that, that classic image of the, um, the woman, like, being dipped in the acid. And she's screaming, but the rest of her body's a skeleton, you know kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it got gorier, but it was it was changing with the times, baby. So I feel bad because I really enjoyed that book. It has a few too many interviews with it. I find that books with like that with interviews, the interviews are generally great to read the first time and generally the second time not so much. So the more you have of actual text and writing, the more I like the book. The more you have interviews, the more I tend to skip over it the second time through. But it's a great book. But it is funny that it be, it, it ends the year before the movies. And this, this podcast came out. And, um, of course, that's Blackenstein and Frankenstein 80, Ladies and Germs. Now, I did all that blab right there just to get that out of my system because this round, the 21s, I'm very specifically going to keep it as precise as i can when i talk i'm not going off on stories i'm not going off on on too many tangents i'm going to try to keep it as specific sharp focused as i can and as we're 21 we're switching them up now blackenstein is going first then frankenstein 80. and let's see the video release ended with what did the video release end with oh the video the video that was right the video release ended with them going to see the lady patient Of Dr. Frankenstein Which was a scene that was much earlier In the theatrical release In the theatrical release They were beginning You see the arm You see Eddie's new arm And the the experimentation had begun And remembering that we are We're doing the video release version On the Severn Blu-ray And we're starting 40 seconds in So we're 20 minutes and 40 seconds in Listen to this I'd like you to meet my new assistant Dr. Winifred Walker I'm happy to meet you Dr. Walker Please, call me Winifred. All right, Winifred. Through my experience with the genetic code DNA, I have a formula that's brought her from approximately 90 years of age to what you see before you. The results are incredible. But not without a few problems, as Eleanor will tell you. It's necessary that she have an injection every 12 hours to preserve this condition. The DNA formula just isn't taking hold. We must work on a locking feature. I'm afraid if she went more than 24 hours without an injection, she would go from her present condition back to her 90s and progressively older. Monkey glands. That's what we need, monkey glands. Wasn't that like back in the 20s or 30s or something like that? It was like mad scientists, used, they used electricity, they used whatever, but they they, they they had a time where they used monkey glands or something like that to um, to get people younger, and that kind of thing. Here he's using the... Um, did you notice the awkward way he introduces the word DNA in the... In the, the what is it? The genetic code. DNA, and, oh. However, he said, I'm not getting it right, but but you, you hear the way he says that, which which to me is um. Again, the the magic of not understanding, what you're writing about or what you're saying, but saying it anyways, which is is a lot of the fun. Here, so you do, yeah. You see this old woman here. I um, she doesn't look that old. Um, I, I don't um. I don't know. Uh, let's say sixty, maybe. So she's looking 30 years younger than than he said she was? I mean, and obviously it'll be one of those things where if she doesn't get the injection within 24 hours, she'll be sitting there just fine and she'll shriek and yell and all of a sudden her body will become 90 immediately. Um, I'm not sure why you would... Is she getting paid or something? I I don't understand. Um, Because she's 90 and he's been... And, and she just basically sits in that bed all day and every 12 hours has to get an injection I mean I guess if I mean if he could give her like a week's worth of injections and she' like like she goes to see him every like Monday you know to check in and she just go live her life every 12 hours she takes takes a shot of the DNA or whatever the heck that is she she's getting the shot of and then she stays the uh, age she's at but I, I can't imagine why. You would, I mean, because when you look at her, when you look at her, you have to remember that she is ninety, but but looks probably thirty years younger. And I don't know if he's he's going to try to get her even younger. I'm not sure, but there is something um. Like like why why get yourself that young and looking good if you can't actually like. Leave a bed. If you're basically sitting in a bed and every few hours someone brings you a meal, I don't, I don't think there's a TV in there or anything. I mean, this is '73. You can watch some good shit. Come on, put the TV in there. You know, when did HBO start? Maybe, maybe you can get have the doctor. He's got cash. Have him get you HBO. When did cable start? I don't know. That was she might have a few years to wait for that, but surely there'll be some good stuff. Get some good books or something. But it's just, it just seems um the fact that she's in there makes it seem like she is there forever. Um, Until, I guess, maybe until he can find something that bonds with her DNA and she doesn't uh, begin to sort of degenerate or re... or or not degenerate back or or revert back every 12 hours, every every 24 hours. Um, Yeah, it's it's a bit of a... um, it's, an, it's I mean, it's an interesting scene. Um, and, and you do get a couple... You get Malcolm kind of looking around. At one moment, he throws a look over to Winifred, which is a bit of um Yeah. And Winifred's very nice to the uh, the lady there. And uh, the doctor sits there. And he has a good bedside manner, I think. Um, Malcolm is slightly creepy, but... Um, uh, 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 doctor, they are coming to see you now. Uh, maybe it's a little creepy. And I suppose... That, I've got your dinner and your injection eh, maybe maybe but it's it's interesting him talking to her I mean because obviously it's meant to uh, put forth the bona fides of the doctor here but again does this work better here than it did in the in the original version now I suppose both of them take place before the actual operation on eddie begins so i don't know that it really matters the the tricky the tricky thing with putting this here like i said in the last minute and then i'll wrap this up because this is all the minute is talking to the lady and, and explaining what's going on is is that does it is at this point because in the in the theatrical the minute here minute 21 is all putting arms on eddie and electrical stuff flaring and and dissolves and 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 um you know, uh, uh, sparks and craziness and all this. So it's, it's actually, it feels like it's the move, movie's moving forward. And putting this scene and the next scene with the next guy, the other patient we'll see, at the beginning of the movie before we meet Eddie, feels like just some setup. Here, though, this feels like it's slowing the movie down, putting this here. It feels like we should be with Eddie now. And, um,. I think we've already taken for granted that the doctor is, 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 up, is, is doing something or other. I mean, obviously, if, if this lady is there and she's, she's allowing this, I don't know if she's meant to be a rich lady or just an old lady he found on the street or something like that. But it's, it's, it's um, putting it here kind of delays what we want to see, which is the creation of the Blankenstein monster. And so, I can't say that I particularly like having these scenes here. Um, I think they should have been at the beginning, or close to the beginning, like they are the theatrical. But uh, but apart from that, I don't have much to say about this minute, or maybe I've already said it. Yeah, the doctor is, is spouting off some medical stuff, and um, and it, it makes sense. He, he spouts it off. It, it, it makes sense. I'll, I'll leave it at that. So the minute ends with him kind of, um, she's looking down, and he's looking towards her. And um, I guess there'll be more of her in the next minute, and maybe the other patient too. And um, let, let's hop over to Frankenstein 80, where the um, the uh, the female, the lady butcher, has is either dead or is not well on the floor, and our friend is beginning to um, take her top off. What a douche! Listen to this. <laughs> You read what's written here. Mm-hmm. It's all perfectly correct. Eh? I think so. My name is Inspector Arnold Schneider. Not Inspector Arnold Schneider. My name is written with an A, not an O. An A. Do you understand? <laughs> what idiot typed this report? The Idiot's me. That was a rhetorical question. A rhetorical question never requires an answer. <laughs> Don't you even know that? Here, take this and proofread it. Mm, I've got an mean temper. And even when things go wrong, like this, Strauss, I keep calm. And now for you two. Anything new in a murdered woman? Here's the coroner's report on this Just story. give me the essence of the thing, the juice, you know. the first fifteen seconds or so is is the um just the the, the shot of the, the butcher who she's still alive. She's still kind of moving around slightly on the ground, and the killer takes her bra off and gives her a bit of a fondle. I thought she'd be more, um, Voluptuous for some reason is that horrible to say, um, but it doesn't matter. She's still, you know. I I wish her the best. I hope. It's 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 weird for a um, for a film that has had some gore in it, and will have more gore in it. That scene was was basically like a guy with like a bloody like femur, like gingerly slapping someone in the head and getting the blood on the femur on her, and then taking her top off and giving her boob a grab. Um, it's it's um. I think uh I th- I think it's the screaming and the music that makes that's that gives that scene some intensity because when you actually break it down and look at it it's um it's not lame it's just sort of um underwhelming you would think there'd be more I mean he took he took um he took like a liver out of the last one to kill this one he just gives a quick boob grab and then it cuts to my favorite inspector or whatever the hell this guy is so we're in the so we're in the cop so we're in the police station and a very um you know you thought uh you thought the office that the cops had in 555 was was um <laughs> was underfurnished and underdeveloped this one is um possibly more so um there's a big map behind this guy sitting at this desk. There's a guy with a big mustache standing next to him, Strauss, I think he calls him. There's the guy who's the report he's whose report he's reading at the beginning. There are two other guys who we see at the end who hand him the coroner's report. And the whole time you hear like you hear that like click 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 click, 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 click like typewriters going and lots of activity. There's absolutely no sign of that. We're like we're in the corner of a set and for all I know this could be like the other corner of the set. Um uh, with the, um, the, the the file cabinet with the, with the, the hidden door behind it. This, this, this looks like it could be that. I think the walls are the same color. But I do like this inspector guy. I do like whoever's uh, dubbing his voice. He's giving the dubber is doing it correctly and doing it nicely and, and making it pretty entertaining. Um, and I like he says, the, I think he says he has an even temper. Right, because when he says the word even, there's a door slamming at the exact same moment. So it's it's it sounds like even, but it's like (laughs) so it's it's a little little. But he is saying he has an even temper, and then he's asking for the juice from those two guys about the murdered women. And um, I like this I like this cop. A lot of times when it goes to the cops in films like this, especially this time in the early '70s, when your giallos are still cooking along or not quite in the polizio Chetzi, or whatever however you pronounce them um, we're, 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 we're almost there we're almost there I mean uh, I think violent professionals came out in 73 didn't it or 72 um, which is one of my favorites um, but I, uh, th- these are very much these are very much sort of like giallo horror film kind of cops um, I, I, I think I think when I see these guys I'm reminded of the cops in absurd... A.K. Monster Hunter, a.k.a. Russell Sangue, a.k.a. Anthropophagus 2, a.k.a. some other things. Um, I kind of reminded them. They're a little goofy. And, um... Uh... Maybe more than a little incompetent. But, you know, they're doing their thing. You know, they're not as incompetent, say, as the cops in Zombie Lake or the FBI or whoever those two guys Jean Jean Roland is is one of them uh, you know those two those two goofballs but I do like this this is mostly with these cops and there's there's it's some fun dialogue and it's a rhetorical question rhetorical question doesn't require an answer you give me the juice you know and so so I like this and um, because it's just really straightforward you know the first Fifteen twenty seconds are taking a bra off and grabbing a boob, and the remainder is just this cop sort of berating everyone. As 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 he's doing that, he's telling his I guess second in command that he's not berating everyone. I'm really the great thing about me is that I'm not berating everyone. I I don't berate anyone. I'm very calm. As <laughs> he's clearly not being calm, which I enjoy. So that's the thing is when uh, you don't always get the cops in films like this. You don't always get the authorities. I mean that was one of the joys with a lot of slasher films when they came up is they dispensed a lot of times with the authorities, um, not not always, not always. Obviously, some films like Night School focus on the authorities, um, but uh, but a lot of them sort of dispense with them or, or keep them at a very keep them at a, a, a distance, a great distance, um, so so they can't be any help. So so the people who are being threatened are are, are it's more of a threat. It's more of a threat. They they can't be they can't be assisted, and but a lot of these films from this time had the cop cops in them, so you had to deal with the cops being in them, and if you want the cops in them, they got to be fun cops. Whether the cops like this, or I said like the cops in absurd, or or like that hard boiled egg eaten cop in Giallo in Venice who's never quite terribly convincing but you know he's he's doing his thing you know just you want the cops to be fun if they're going to show up in the film and um, these these guys seem to be like they're a lot looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun so uh, so I'll wrap it up there. How concise was that huh? Mm, fairly concise. So let, let me wrap this up. This was episode 21 70s friends of Frankenstein again thank you everyone for listening and let me play a little of this <laughs>